Sunday blessings to you all. This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the Paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension, and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the fifth Sunday of Lent, the Sunday that celebrates the third scrutiny for the elect. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the great Western Fathers of the Church. Known as the Doctor of Grace, St. Augustine has left us powerfully insightful works such as On the Trinity and The Confessions. He also penned hundreds of homilies, and this week we listen to an excerpt of homily 139, an excerpt wherein St. Augustine reflects on the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Most probably, St. Augustine delivered this homily in the year 425. And now, an excerpt from Sermon 139. This gospel account of such a great miracle is so widely known that there is nobody, even among unbelievers, who hasn't heard that Lazarus was brought back to life by Christ. How much better known it must be to the faithful, if even unbelievers haven't been able to avoid knowing about it. And yet, when the story is read, the spirit is refreshed as though by seeing something quite new. So, it is perfectly reasonable for us also to go back over what we have been regularly in the habit of saying about it by the way of learning something. And I trust you won't be bored by what I'm going to say. After all, this reading is repeated in your ears much more frequently than my homily on it. I mean, if it's read on any other day but a Saturday or Sunday, no sermon is preached on it. I have said this, hoping that you won't decline to listen to what I have to say. So please don't say, any of you, he has already said enough of this. Because the deacon, too, has read the passage often enough already, and yet it is listened to with pleasure. So then, listen, please. We learn from the Holy Gospel 
that three dead people were restored to life by the Lord Jesus Christ. One was the daughter of a synagogue ruler to whose house he came, and after first hearing that she was dangerously ill, he found her dead. And he said to her, Little girl, get up, I tell you. And she rose again. The second was the young man, who was already being carried out dead outside the gate of the town and was being bitterly mourned by his mother. That's when Jesus saw it all. But he told the men carrying the bier to stand still and said, Young man, get up, I tell you. And the dead man sat up and began to talk and he gave him back to his mother. The third is this Lazarus, whom we have just now seen with the eyes of faith, both dying and rising again in what was such a great miracle and a tremendous divine favor. After all, he was four days dead and already stinking, and yet, he was restored to life. What is the meaning of these three dead persons? You see, they certainly mean something, and the things done by the Lord in the miracles are a kind of language telling of his mysteries. So then, in the sins people commit, we find three kinds of death. Recall to your minds there three dead persons. First, that girl. She had died in the house. She hadn't yet been carried outside the gate. While Lazarus was already buried and covered by a massive stone. So what are the three kinds of death in our sins? I will tell you. If you consent to some evil desire in your heart and have decided to do what it is persuading you to do with its blandishments, you are already dead. Nobody else knows because you haven't been carried out. Your death is a secret. It's in the house. It's in your bedroom. But it's still death. Let none of you say he hasn't committed adultery if he hasn't already decided to do so. If he has agreed with the pleasure tickling his fancy that the thing should be done, he's already done it. He's an adulterer. She's chaste. Ask God about it. Let him answer you about this private kind of death, this death indoors at the home, this death in bed, the sort of beds we read about. What you say in your hearts, be sorry for on your beds. So listen to the judgment on this kind of death given by the raiser of the dead. Whoever sees a woman, he says, to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart, though he hasn't yet practiced 
fornication with his body. But sometimes the Lord looks back, and the man repents of having decided, repents of having consented to the thoughts. He died in his bedroom. He rises again in his bedroom. If, however, you do what you have decided, death has gone out. It's now out of doors. But it, too, is ended by repentance. And the dead man who has been carried out is given back to life. But if habit, too, is added to the deed, you are now stinking and overlaid, as it were, by the massive stone of habit. Christ, though, doesn't turn his nose up at you, even in this case. He's quite able, even now, to raise you up. But he sheds tears. We heard, when the gospel was read, how Christ wept over Lazarus. So, those then who are in the grip of a sinful habit are suffering a kind of violent oppression, and Christ has to grunt and groan in order to raise them up, because the divine word is constantly reproaching them, scripture constantly crying out to them. I too am constantly crying out to them, hoping to be heard and to be gratified by Lazarus, so to say, coming to life again. Take away the stone, he said. How could he possibly rise again unless the dead weight of a sinful habit were removed? Cry out loud, all of you. Restrain them, scold them, accuse them. Remove the stone. When you see such people, don't spare them. You'll find it hard work, but you are removing the stone. Let him, him whose voice reaches the heart, cry out, Lazarus, come outside. That is, live. Come out of the grave. Change your way of life. Be done with death. And that dead man emerged, bound with bandages, because even though you have ceased to sin, you are still answerable for your past sins, and you need to pray and do penance for what you have done. Not for what you are doing, because you aren't doing it any longer. You're alive again. You're not doing it. But for what you have done, you are still bound. Therefore, Christ says to the ministers of his church, through whom his hands is laid on penitence, Loose him and let him go. Loose him. Absolve him. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Any of you who have heard this from me before and have remembered it should think of yourselves as now having just 
read again something I have written. Those of you who haven't heard it before should write it on your hearts to read it whenever you wish. St. Augustine of Hippo, pray for us. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, to these chosen ones that instructed in the holy mysteries, they may receive new life at the font of baptism and be numbered among the members of your church. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.